You are tuned in to Studio22Live.tv. Studio22Live. Welcome to the Studio22Live.tv podcast, where we discuss valuable topics, interview amazing people, sharing their stories and valuable lessons learned to educate, impact, and empower lives across the world. Welcome back to Studio22Live.tv podcast. I'm your host, Fred Fitzgiles, and today is just me. No guests. We're going to be getting prepared. We have a great show for you today. You know why? Because it's just me. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But we're actually preparing for episode 53 next Friday, October the 19th at 6 p.m. As we're going to feature the Bullock family on episode 53. They're authors, they're illustrators, they're CEOs, and they're a family unit. And I'm telling you, you are going to love them. We had a great time on the interview, and I could not wait to bring them on the show. That So I was so inspired by that interview, I decided to speak on a topic today called Our Family Matters. Today's show is very interesting. Why? Because all my shows that I do on the podcast are pre-recorded, right? But this one particular day, I mean, I nailed this show, but I learned a big lesson on failure. You want to know what happened? I was doing the show, and I was putting it together, and I mean, I was going in. I did a special spot on Family Matters. That was my topic, because I was so inspired by the Bullocks interview. So I said, man, I want to do something on Family Matters, because I got a lot of things I want to talk about. And I went for a whole hour, almost an hour and 15 minutes. And I went from the beginning, the middle, I was going, I mean, I was in my zone. And, and then after I finished, I turned around, I looked at my equipment, If you could have been a fly on, as a matter of fact, you can, you, you are gonna be a fly on the wall. Cause I was going to edit it. And I said, nope, I'm not going to edit it. I want my listeners to see how I handle this adversity. Because we all go through situations like this, and maybe whether you're on a job and you finish the report, or whether you are in media, you work on a project, or whether you are, you know, practicing on something, or you're trying to get something done, meet a deadline. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody just pulls the rug from underneath you. How do you, have you ever experienced something like that? How did you handle it? How do you think I handled it? After a whole hour, well now you get a chance to be on the fly on the wall. Cause here's the raw, unedited version of what happened. Guys, you won't believe this. I recorded a whole show and it didn't record. But 
time is it? Eleven o'clock. All right. Well, have you ever recorded something? Spent about an hour on it. I got a message for all my media guys out there, media guys and media gals. Have you ever worked on something so long you went into an absolute zone? You nailed every point. You had every example. You were talking to a dynamic and you feel like you really rocked it. Everything was on point. The stars was lining up. Everything was matching. Everything was dropping. Nuggets were falling. And you were just going totally in with some powerful valuable life-changing information and then you wrapped up the show and you turn around and realize that you knocked over the laptop and it never recorded yeah i just did the same thing So, I have an option. I could shut it down right now, call it a day, and risk missing my deadline. Or, I can hit the reset button and do it again. Because I can. I'm going to do it again. But before I start, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to check my levels. And I'm going to say, thank you, God. That was just a foul shot, a free throw, a practice. That was a scrimmage. This was the real game. Have you ever had a situation like that to where you feel like jumping through the window? <laughs> I just had that moment. So, guys, welcome to Steel22Live.tv podcast. I'm your host, Fred Fitzgiles, and I tell you, um, I've been getting a lot of lessons on humility and discipline in this last couple weeks and it's really been helping me a lot it's one thing to talk about humility and discipline and to preach to other people how if something makes you mad you gotta you gotta just grin it and bear it suck it up you know move on but when it happens to you, then it becomes real. So all my media, friends, colleagues, partners, y'all understand me. Y'all feel me. But at the same time, all my leaders out there, my mentors would tell me, Fred, 
Don't get mad at how the cake came out. You got the recipe. Just start over and do it again. (sighs) Y'all feel me. It's all good. I am so excited, guys, because of the fact that we just had an incredible interview with the Bullock family. And the reason why I was just, I was excited is because, man, that Mr. Bryce, he's incredible. I mean, the author of Daddy Long Legs and the Inchworm and also Motion Illustration CEO, visionary, Mr. Demetrius Bullock. And then to me, the queen of the Bullocks, Miss Michelle, that family unit. I mean, just you could just hear the excitement on what they've been doing, the excitement on becoming authors, the excitement of teaching and and and, and how they come together. And I just think it's so awesome that they came together and they've doing they're doing some great things. So that interview to me really blessed me because family is very, very important. It really is important. And they are an example of what can happen to your family if you decide to come together with one vision, with one accord, one band, one sound, and be able to work on a project or work on an investment or or work on a song or work on putting together an event, or work on a party, or work on something together to which the harmony, the natural family harmony can come together because you appreciate each other's unique and specific talents. Um, I think I know one thing that is a big challenge for families is that when typically, and my family is like yours and your family is like mine. Where there's no perfect family. I get it. We drive each other nuts and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we get to get along and some, sometimes we don't. But the dynamic, the, the main ingredient, besides Big Mama, right, or that father who's the matriarch, um, is, is, is really love. It, it's the love. Because the love holds everything together. And then when things go crazy, it brings everybody back together. So I'm I'm just I'm just beside myself to know that this family is setting an example for us to come together. I mean a lot of times when we're you know if we're honest, sometimes people in our family do things and we don't feel supported. And then if we don't feel supported, we don't support. <laughs> We're, I, I, yeah, I'm there for you from afar, but I ain't supporting you, you know? And, and, and sometimes it's because of jealousy. Sometimes because, you know, it's unforgiveness. Sometimes it's bitterness. But in essence, I think that that will cause you how you treat everything in your life based on how your family treats you until you get that moment that epiphany aha moment that says you know what i'm not going to keep being like this the only person that can make me happy is me 
not my family. The only person that can that can get to, that make me successful is what with what I do, not by me comparing myself to anybody in my family. So my family is going to always be here, and trust me, your family loves you. They love you, but when you want to go be that superstar athlete, you want to be that designer, you want to go and be a pastor, you want to go and be a singer, you want to be a dancer, you know, they, when you're young, they, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And then when you get a little older and you start to have some weird dreams, like, hey, I'm going to build my own computer game. And based on the environment that you're in, your dreams are too big for your family. They are. They're just too big for your family. They can't fathom. They can't understand. It's a different language. Right? It's almost like when a baby's a baby, they be saying, And you're like, oh, yeah, you can talk. Oh, hey, he's so good. And then they get older and say, I, I want to go. I want to work like daddy. And so you can't work like daddy. Your daddy worked down here. He's a great supervisor. Da, da, da. Or I want to do like mommy. Oh, yeah, mommy do hair. And as long as it's common to them, it, they are, they encourage you. But if you get about six, seven, eight years old and say, yeah, I, I actually, uh, I want to uh, have my own garden and I want to grow my own food and then I want to be able to make a spaceship that I can land in my garden. There's a point about doing that. And that is when it starts. That statement. Boy, ain't nobody doing that. Go sit down somewhere. Boy, you crazy. Boy, you better go do, you better go learn how to be a, a you know, a supervisor like your dad. You, you better go learn them with computers. You better do something else. Because don't nobody from this family do nothing like that. Don't nobody from here in this state, in this city, this project, this town. Don't nobody do that. And that's the first time that a family member, whether it's a brother, sister, niece, or nephew, they get that, that sledgehammer, knocks them in the head. Knocks, knock, just knocks down their dream. And that is the problem, y'all. There are families that are out here. We're all different. But we're all the same in a sense of what we do to each other. But if we were to start with the family and change that mindset from discouraging and knocking and down and having a crab in the barrel mentality and I'm still recording, to being the wind beneath their wings, lifting them up and letting them know, not just by words, by actions. A lot of times families, they say, well, I, I would love for you to do that, babe, but I just don't have the money. And it's true. That's, that's a reality. My mom told me that all the time. I didn't. I wanted a saxophone, and my mom said, I, I can't buy a saxophone, honey. I just don't have it. You know, my check comes in once a month, and I got to pay this. And how, how, how many of you listening on this show today connect with that, that statement? Thousands of us connect with that, especially around my age. And even the new millennials, you're, you know, more so now the, the culture has changed to where when the parents say, oh, well, I don't really have the money, these kids right here, well, I'm, I, I, I don't need it. I'm going to go get it myself. <laughs> this is a different dynamic now. But when we were younger, millennials, when we said we didn't have the money, there was, it wasn't that we didn't just have it, but our parents didn't have it. They didn't know how to get it. 
We, we were locked into the system that we were brought up in. Go to school, get a good grade, get a good job, get, you know, land a career, and you're going to make this much in your career. But if you want to make this much, you're going to have to go back to school. And all school meant was debt. So debt was a discouragement to advance. But in actuality, now hindsight, I recognize that going to school even though I went to high school, I didn't go to college. I decided to stay home with my mom and take care of her. So I, didn't, I don't have the college experience, but I had the learning experience. Right? So I recognized that most, the to, most of the time, if we, our parents would look at going to school as, okay, yeah, you know, we want you to go to school to go to college. But if they weren't frugal enough and had the the fortitude to save money for you to, for you to go to college, you didn't go to college. And college and education is has always been the catalyst for uh, for opportunity for us. So if the family dynamic is you're going to college and you don't have a choice, that's another dynamic because the the kid may want to play the guitar. They want to be. A, they actually want to. Be creative and be an artist. They want to write a book. They don't want to go to college. And they were forced to. So now you're spending the money that you have and you're wasting it. And the colleges don't care as long as you come with it. So whatever, fam whatever family dynamic you had, whether you were poor, too poor for college or whether you had so much money, you would waste your money because your kid don't want it. There's, there's different, different variations. But the bottom line is, everybody's story is different. The foundation is different. But everybody has the same opportunity to support each other no matter what we decide to do. But the crab in the pot mentality, the pulling your family back mentality, if it starts at home, when you do leave, if you go to college or you do go to work, Guess what, guess what value and attitude you take into the workplace? Greed, attitude, selfishness, pride, disrespect. You take it into the workplace. And the workplace will not tolerate with that. <laughs> so at the first, some jobs at the first sign, you're out of there. You know, they say zero tolerance. That means there's no grace. <laughs> you want grace, you better go pray. Because on this job... If you look at somebody wrong, you trying to be sexual with a woman at the water count or whatever it is, you do something crazy or you just not doing, you're out of there. Then you leave and you go back to your family. And what, and what do his family do sometimes? Some of us say, oh, well, you know, it's okay, don't worry about it. You're going to get another job. And they, 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 and they just move on. It sounds nice to say. It's a little bit of an encouragement. But there's some family that say, listen, I told you you should have went on and did this. That's why you can't keep no job. You ain't never going to amount to nothing. And that's the problem. And trust me, there's tons of our listeners, tons of you right now, that you've heard that. You've heard that story. Somebody's planted that into your head, and guess what happened? It wasn't so bad that they said it. It was bad enough, but it wasn't so bad. It's the fact that you believed it. And it stopped you. That's one dynamic. The other, that's the second one. The third one is the family that 
You know what? You might have lost that job. What happened? What did you do? Oh, well, I told him he can't be talking to me like that. Well, son, you can't go into a job letting them know what you want them to do. <laughs> right? You have to learn humility. And here's the chance. Here's the teaching moment. Here's the chance where family now, because of their own experience of doing that and learning from it, or because somebody told them how to, you know, how to be or how to conduct themselves on a job. Now there's a teacher moment, and now it comes from the family. Next time that happens, next time you got a job, you need to do this. When you, what you did was called insubordination. That means somebody tells you what to do, and you just make a decision not to do it. If you plan on getting a paycheck and earning a living and being able to better your life and get houses and cars and raise a family, there are certain things you cannot do, and that is one of them. And that's across the board. I don't care if you work at a gas station, you're a janitor, or you're a president. doesn't matter. If a boss tells you what to do, you may not agree with it, but you have to do it. That's a teaching moment. And that comes from family. And it's more impactful when it comes from the family. And that's why I love this dynamic. But a lot of times, I'm still recording media, guys. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. A lot of times when we're dealing with family, it's hard for us to listen to each other. It's hard for us to get advice. It's hard for us to understand it from their perspective. It's hard because we're too busy being selfish. We're too busy trying to get our point across. We're too busy trying to be heard instead of listening to hear we're listening to reply because of our own judgment because of our own hip you know being be, being a hypocrite you know clean up your room and my room's a mess don't smoke and I'm smoking don't drink and I'm drinking that that hypocrisy so we're so busy trying to be heard we're not listening and when we don't listen to our family members they shut down they shut down. I don't care if it's the kids, the teenagers, the grown-ups, our spouses, our girlfriend, boyfriends. When we don't listen and listen intentionally and listen with great intent to understand, they shut down because they feel like they're not being heard. So what do we do about it is learn to listen. It's a, it's a small change. Learn to listen more in your family. And trust me, when you're talking to somebody, they know you're listening and they know when you're not listening. And one way that they know that you're not listening, and this is me being guilty, is when you're on your phone, when you're on a device, iPad, on a computer, they know you're not listening. When you're not looking at them in their face, you're looking all over the place, you're not listening. The minute you are engaged with them and you give them your undivided attention, you will see a change in your relationship with them. Whether it's your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your niece, your grandma, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend, you will see a change if you shut your mouth 
when somebody's talking to you. And instead, be patient and listen to them. Try it. I dare you to try to get into a conversation, a disagreement, a debate, whatever it is, and then listen 90% of the time and talk 10% of the time. Think of a tennis match, okay? Iona taught me this. She says that when we talk, are you going to cut me off? And when I talk, I say, are you going to cut me off? She says, it has to be like a tennis match. I serve the ball. And then you serve the ball. And then I serve. And then you serve. That way, when I hit the ball, you give it time to connect to your racket. And then you hit the ball. And you give it time to connect to my racket. That means I talk, you listen. Then I'll let you know with my eyes, with my body language, when I'm ready to hear. And when I'm ready to hear, you talk. Try it. This is a tip for you guys, all right? A listening tip. Now, it will take extreme discipline because the whole time you're going to be saying, but, but, but I ain't, we're too busy trying to justify what their understanding is of what we said. I didn't mean like, well, that's not what I mean. Well, listen, you listen to me, right? But when you listen, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Even if they're saying something that you didn't mean. Even if they misunderstood something. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. You hear that? That's me listening, intently listening. Okay, so what I heard you said was, I pulled the curtain down, you saw me behind it, and you saw my face, and you felt that I was in that place, and I, well, that's not what happened. I was actually fixing the blinds because I was, I was painting the walls, and this is actually what happened. Why you ain't tell me that? <laughs> right? So try that with your family. And the reason why it's important is because when we start to listen to our family intently and we start to get a better understanding, then we'll become more nurturing. Then we'll become more of a navigator. But then we'll become, become more caring. And once we, we do that with, the, with each other in the family, when you leave and you go out to the world... Now that family dynamic, that value, 
Now you get to now practice that on the world. You get to practice that on your on your dates. You get to practice that on your relationships. You get to practice that on the job. You get to practice it in your meeting. You get to practice it on your team. You get to practice this skill that you develop with your own family. And you know it worked. Because now your relationships are getting better in your family. You're connecting more. You're talking more. And you're not just communicating like social media, text, 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 Instagram, Messenger, Snapchat, Twitter, just going back and forth. Trying to interpret what I think you meant. And in actuality, you're hearing it with my own voice. The one thing that would never go away. I don't care. I'm Listen, I'm an IT guy. I've been an IT guy for 30 years. I'm an IT guy, guys. I'm still recording. And that's why, that's why I need my media team. That's why I'm going to be recruiting a media team. It's time. Um, I'm an IT guy. And I can tell you this. I love texting. I love social media. I love liking, posting, sharing hearts, all that. Likes, loves, means. Twitter's cool. Email's great. Website's great. Landing pages. All that is good. Facebook ads. It's wonderful. YouTube, it's, it's, all, it's all good. But you know what's not going away? I realize in this lifetime, the phone is not going away. And the written word is not going away. You still get letters in the mail. The court systems still use paper. The banks still process financial transactions on systems that they created in the 60s. Our military is still on technology that has just been working and cannot be hacked. The phone will always be here in this lifetime, in the next lifetime, Because there's nothing that's better and more clear and more understanding that takes less figuring out than the sound of a person's voice. How do I know? For all my corporate America buddies, have you ever sent an email to deal with an issue that you needed an answer on by the end of the day and you don't get an answer until the end of the month but you get about 300 emails with replies that copy the whole world of people's perception of what you said trying to interpret what you thought what if you could have actually picked up the phone to the person of the person you wanted to email and called them right after you sent the email. I've done that. And guess what happened? I've done it the wrong way. I've done it the right way. When I picked up the phone and said, hey, I just sent you an email in reference to this. I was wondering if you could take a look at it. And what it basically was, was I need you to be able to make sure that you took care of A, B, C, and D. Because if you don't do it that way, here's what's going to happen. It's going to block us up. And we're not going to be able to get it done for another six months. 
You know what they say? Oh, yeah, I just read your email. I thought I had more time. Oh, well, I understand that. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. I'll have it done within the next 20 minutes. I just said something for all you people out there working in corporate America, working in any job, any nonprofit organization, any business. The phone is not going away. It is the ultimate tool for communication. As good as everything else is, as quick as everything else is, there's nothing quicker than me saying, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I wanted to talk to you. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And you say J-K-L-M-P. And I say Q-R-S. You say T-U-V. say W-X-Y-Z. All right, nice talking to you. Later. How long did that take? 10 seconds. As opposed to an email that can take a week or a month. Or a text message that can be misconstrued. Or it's caught up in cyberspace and not sent. Or Twitter that can be misconstrued and beat up on and, and be, be put on TMZ. There's nothing more powerful from a communication standpoint and connecting with people than the sound of someone's voice. I don't care how many bots are out there, how much AI is out there, you will never be able to replace that. And in the family, it's that much more important. How many times when you're going through something and you got a call from mom? You got a call from dad, and it made everything all right. Well, unfortunately, I'm not able to do that. I lost my mother in 1998 and my dad in 2005, so I, don't, I will never have that experience with my own mother and father. But thank God for my mother-in-law. Thank God for mentors and men in my life. That I can talk to. So never underestimate the power of your own voice. All right? So it's powerful, guys. Talk to each other. Don't just communicate, connect with each other. Ask each other questions and your family and increase your values. Share the values. Take the generations and sit down with each other and put the phones down, put the iPads down. Get across the kitchen table. I don't care if you got four stools. In my day, it used to be crates at the kitchen table, and the kitchen table was nothing but a card table. Do something that creates that intimacy. That intimacy. And then it will strengthen your family. It will bring you closer together. And it won't just be because it's the right thing to do. It'll be because it'll be because you want to do it. Why? Because family matters. Studio, Studio so much for listening to Studio22Live.tv. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We strive to continue to add value to the lives of all of our listeners, and we appreciate you for giving us the time out of your day. Don't forget you can check out the show notes and the resource links on our website and our Facebook group, Studio22Live.tv. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter. You can give us a call if you got any questions or suggestions or comments. And please go onto our Facebook page and comment on the show. And when we go to four, check it out. Season four, Studio22Live.tv. Always positive, always on.